Today's story is The Heist by Paul Stefani. The truck squealed as it turned the corner, going into a sharp drift that threatened to topple it and everyone inside. Marcus got back control and pushed hard on the accelerator, the speed quickly climbing along the open city street. Fifty, sixty, seventy miles per hour. The sound of sirens was loud behind them, and thankfully the area was dead at this time of night. Marcus knew that if it came to a choice between a pedestrian or stopping, he would choose to hit the pedestrian. He didn't want to, of course, but his freedom meant so much more to him than the life of a stranger. The police hadn't turned onto their tail yet, so he once again whipped off to a street on the right. It was just as dark and quiet, and he looked frantically around for a good place to hide until the heat died down some. A gravel road went off down a grassy hill and into an unlit area. Part of his brain knew better. It wasn't a good place to turn around if he needed to. He would essentially be blocking themselves in, but the truck was low on gas, and this would most likely be as good a place as he would find. Hang on, everybody. We're going off-road. He sharply turned off to the right and instantly felt every little bump as the truck careened downward. He shut off his lights as he pulled next to an old building that sat next to an overgrowth of tree and brush. Not quite a forest, but close enough to matter. As the truck slowed and moved off toward the corner to the building, he saw a set of flashing lights drive by. They hadn't caught on to him. Not just yet, anyway. He knew that he should try to conceal the truck somehow, but he didn't have the time to think about it. Maybe if they got into the building and found an old tarp or something, it would be worth doing, but for now, he and his co-workers got out with their merchandise and frantically looked for a way in. The front doors were locked and boarded up, as were the windows, but Marcus climbed up to one of them and began kicking boards out of the way. Finally, he had enough room to slide in, followed by the other three. The four of them took a moment to take in their surroundings. It was dark, but as their eyes adjusted, they could begin to make out a warehouse. Racks lined the room, mostly empty others with random boxes. None of it to help their situation. The sound of sirens off in the distance was good. So far, they had made off with about $900,000 in precious gemstones. <laughs> we did it, man! yelled Connor. Hell yeah! We're set for life! echoed Thompson. We didn't do shit, came the feminine voice from further away. Naples leaned against the wall, listening for the sound of traffic. Connor and Thompson both looked at her incredulously. What you mean we ain't done shit? We got the goods. We got away from the cops. Now all we gotta do is fence this ice and we split. Real easy, said Thompson, smacking one hand into the other for emphasis. <laughs> yeah, the only real problem now is deciding which bitches get to ride my junk first, said Connor. Don't be stupid. She's right, y'all, Marcus iterated. If by some very slim miracle the police don't find us here, you think they ain't gonna find us when we leave? Not to mention you ain't gonna have very many bitches for long with that small a payday. What do you mean? 
It's almost a million dollars, Connor laughed, still wrapped up in his delusion. Now divide that by four, you idiot, said Naples. Fuck. You mean to say we risked felony jail time for a measly old court? yelled Thompson. That was the deal from the beginning, asshole. Don't you be getting no remorse just because you're too dumb to see the bigger picture, said Marcus. Thompson began walking up to him, squaring up his shoulders to meet with the older guy. Marcus pulled the pistol out of the back of his pant line, holding it up to his head. The two locked eyes for a while before Thompson chuckled. <laughs> I don't need this shit, man. I'm gonna take what's mine and get me away from your goofy ass. Marcus lowered his gun and let out a breath. Punk. Thompson and Connor began laughing about all the wonderful things they were gonna do. Marcus shook his head and made his way to Naples, who was looking over her pistol. We need to find a place to stash these, just in case we do get busted, he said in a hushed tone. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I'm not certain about how our odds are of getting out of here, but I wouldn't bet my life on it just yet. If they do catch us, it could be a good way to knock a few years off at least. I'm gonna go look upstairs. You look around down here and keep an eye on them while you're at it. I don't trust them. She nodded, and they both made their way to the right side of the building. You two stay here and keep a lookout. You see anyone walking around here, do not start firing, you understand? You come get me first. Yeah, sure thing, boss, said Connor. Marcus and Naples looked to each other one last time, and then split up. The stairs led up to an office of some kind, overlooking both the warehouse as well as the production floor on the other side. Most of the machinery was still there, and assembly lines filled most of the floor. The office itself wasn't overly large. A computerless desk sat toward the back with an old, ripped-up chair still sitting behind it. Useless papers were strewn here and there, forgotten by the passage of time. Something odd stood out, though. To the left of the desk against a wall sat a large trunk. It was half open, and he could just see that it was empty. That wasn't strange on its own, but it looked brand new. Not part of the building. Marcus gave it a quick thought and decided to throw the bag of stolen goods inside of it. If the police did come, odds are they would probably find it, but... It was better than nothing. After stashing the sack and seeing nothing else of value, he made his way back out and down the stairs. Halfway down as a second thought, he turned to go close the box and heard it fall shut and click on its own. Maybe it's older than I thought, he said to himself and continued down to meet the others. Thompson and Connor saw Marcus approach and also noticed his empty hands. You ain't holding out on us, are you, bro? Asked Thompson. Man, don't even worry about it. I stashed them just in case we get caught, alright? You hear anything while I was gone? Nah, man. It's been quiet as a grave. Naples is still looking around, said Connor. Okay, I'm gonna go meet up with her and see what's on the other side. You guys stay sharp. The two nodded once again, and Marcus turned to the production floor. Once he was through the door, they looked at each other and nodded. Thompson walked as quickly and quietly up the stairs as he could, 
The two had made the plan to grab the jewels for themselves and make a quick split while Marcus and Naples weren't looking. He took a quick look around, heart thumping hard in his chest, and noticed the shut box in the corner. He made his way over to lift the lid, and there it was, the bag that would change their lives. Grinning, he reached his hand in for it and tried to pull his hand out when he noticed the moisture lining the bottom. His hand wouldn't budge. It was stuck and pulling hard on his skin. Just as he was about to stand, he heard a low growl and saw long, sharp teeth push through the chest's opening. The lid came down hard on his arm, and he screamed as the teeth sank all the way through the skin and meat of his arm. He tried pulling harder, but a long tongue wrapped around what remained of his now-destroyed limb and pulled him headfirst in. A few short screams later, and it was silent. His twitching body was slowly pulled further in until all that remained was bloody carpet. Marcus and Naples were discussing what their next plan should be when they heard it. They both looked up to the windows in the manager's office, but it was too dark. Fuck, yelled Marcus. His first thought was that they were caught, but that didn't make sense why someone would be screaming from up there. And then he remembered where he had stashed the goddamn gems. I'm gonna kill that backstabbing son of a- On the other side of the door stood Connor. He was pale and pointing up the stairs with a shaking hand. Marcus grabbed him by the shirt and shook him violently. What happened? What the fuck is that asshole doing? When Connor didn't respond, Marcus smacked him a few times. This seemed to snap him back to the world, and he was finally able to talk. It it was all... Uh, Thompson, boss. He, he was talking all crazy about taking everything for himself. I saw him go up, but he screamed, and I ain't seen him since. Useless asshole, Marcus yelled, throwing him to the ground. Naples was already up and in the room. He met her at the door, and they both looked around. Nothing was out of place except a large amount of blood that was soaking into the green carpet. That and the chest was missing. He looked all around for any possible explanation, and noticed the window leading out to the warehouse was open. There was no possible way for anyone to go out it without dropping down around 20 feet. It was possible, but how could he have gotten by unnoticed? Why was there so much blood on the floor? It wasn't adding up. Connor, you sure he didn't come back down these steps? He nodded dumbly in response. Fucking useless. Everyone. Okay, Naples, we're gonna split up and find that double cross and backstabber, and then we're gonna get the hell out of here. Believe me, when I get a hold of him, there won't be anything left to give a share to. She growled back. She pulled out her pistol and ran down the stairs. Connor, you go to the other side and look for him. I'm gonna stay up here where I can see everything. If I catch you trying to sneak off with him, you're going to be just as dead as he's going to be. Got it? Connor nodded and ran over to the doors going out. He knew something was very wrong here and that Thompson didn't just flake out on them. But he was glad to be down here, away from that room. At this point, he would have almost welcomed getting arrested. He made his way from assembly line to assembly line, gun rattling in his hand, 
looking around like a scared little rat. He could swear he heard sounds, some sort of movement that he wasn't able to make out. Must have been echoes from the other side of the building. Surely there, there wasn't anything over on this end. Hell, even if he didn't find anything, he would just stay out this way anyway. It was much safer. The bathrooms were over here too. He realized he badly needed to piss. He was surprised his bladder hadn't yet burst. He ran over to the dark room into the first urinal he could make out. He undid his pants just in time to find that the relief was instant. Tears almost seemed to form from the corners of his eyes as he emptied himself. He was so lost in the moment that he didn't hear the low growls coming from the toilet, or the long, dagger-like teeth begin to slide out of the top and bottom of its surface. His joy turned to revulsion as he felt something brush against his leg. He looked down and saw something like a snake with sharp barbs poking out wrap around his thigh. He screamed and tried to pull away, but like Thompson, it was like he was super glued to the thing. He gave one hard pull, but it wasn't enough as the tongue pulled him back, and daggers of pain shot through Connor's skin. His screams turned to high-pitched wails as the teeth pushed through the meat and bone of his hips. There was no escaping this thing as he fell to the dust-covered floor. He tried to move away, but his lower body could no longer follow his commands, and the thing's tongue pulled him closer still. Connor's body was devoured and the creature's enamel-looking body turned to a blob-like state. Its mass, which was originally so small, filled out and was growing quickly. The gelatinous blob crawled up the walls and through a hole in the ceiling. The door burst open as Marcus ran inside, gun-drawn. He looked around but didn't see anything but a nasty old bathroom at first glance. Then, he noticed the dark color in the center of the dust. He reached down and touched it, feeling that it was wet. He smelled it, and it had the iron tang of fresh blood. Naples came in behind him, aiming at anything that could be a threat. You find him? She asked. No. Pretty sure the fool's dead. More blood, but no body. He said as he stood and pointed his gun toward the dark stain. Well, I hate to say it, but... We better cut our losses and just go, if we don't want to end up like them. She was clearly bitter about the thought of losing close to a million dollars, but who could blame her? Her life was so much more valuable to her. It might not be so bad if they knew what they were up against here, but with nothing to go on but pure fucking vanishing acts, it would be stupid to wait and find out. Yeah. God, I hate to, but... There ain't no way in hell I'm dying in this place. It'll be daylight soon. We ought to go back out the front and head south. Nothing but woods once you get toward the edge of the city. Maybe we can make it. With a sigh, she nodded, and they made their way back to the front. Man, I only wish I had a flashlight, Marcus said under his breath. I know what you mean, but we'd be a walking beacon. It's better to move quietly through the dark she said in a barely audible tone. They walked to the door, guns drawn, and Naples pushed it open. Through it, she didn't see the warehouse, but another door, exactly like this one. 
When were there two doors? She asked, looking over. Marcus looked just as confused when she noticed her hand was stuck. They also noticed the gleaming white teeth begin to form from around the door and its frame. Oh, shit. Marcus, help! She pulled hard, but the door wouldn't budge, and its long, fat tongue pushed out and began to encircle her. Marcus fired round after round into the creature. They seemed to do very little, and with his last bullet, he hit what he thought might have been an eye. The creature screeched in pain, and the tongue unraveled around her. She pulled hard and her hand came away, but not without losing a large area of skin from her fingers and palm. They both ran back and she sent every bullet she had into the creature. It's not working. What the hell is it? She yelled, throwing the gun into its now melting body. The form became an amorphous blob once again and rolled toward them, corralling them into the corner. Climb over them belts, yelled Marcus and the two began making their way slowly to the door behind the thing. It was faster than it should have been, and as they climbed over the final line, the blob attached itself to Marcus's leg. Let go, you fuck! He desperately pulled and was getting nowhere. The gelatinous form began to make large white teeth, and they sank down just above the knee. He screamed as blood pumped in heavy streams from the severed limb. It went in for another bite, but Naples was able to pull him free. She wrapped an arm around him and the two went to the front door. She was about to open it when it shot open by itself. On the ground, now! A police officer had a flashlight in their eyes and a gun trained directly on them. They got down as best they could, trying to warn them of the monster that was inside, but they were ignored as handcuffs were slapped around their wrists. Naples was taken to the back of the squad car, and they did what they could for Marcus's leg. Detective Norris, who was assigned to the case, pulled up not too long after. What the hell happened to him? He asked, looking at Marcus's grievous wound. Eh, not sure. He was raving about some monster, and then he fainted. Our best guess is they didn't want to split the money and turned on each other. Good thing the gunshots were called in, or we would have never checked out this old place. Anyone been inside yet? We wanted to wait for backup before we cleared it. If the other two haven't been apprehended yet, could get ugly. The sergeant nodded. Wait here with him until paramedics arrive. You two, I want you to back me up. Everybody clear? Yes, sir, they all replied. One of the officers quickly opened the door and Norris readied his weapon. It was quiet. In a hushed tone, he told them to follow as he walked softly inside. They made their way up to the staircase and the ladder that led up to a trap door to the same office. He motioned for them to go up the ladder, and that he would take the stairs. Sergeant Norris was no stranger to dangerous situations, and this could easily turn bad fast, so he needed to be faster. He moved as silent as possible, while making good time up to the office, weapon ready to take out any threat. He got to the top, and he found that there was none. He looked around the office, seeing no one other than himself. He did notice the blood on the floor, though. Still moist, but no trap door entrance in the floor. That is when he heard it. The screams of the other officers, coming from below him. In a flash, he was down the stairs and looking up at something. 
he was sure that it couldn't be right. The ladder they were on was curling up around both men. The trap door attached to the ceiling was wide open, surrounded with massive white teeth. Saliva dripped down on top of the trapped officers as it slowly pulled them in. So that was once again The Heist by Paul Stefani. Paul submitted this to me a while back, and I do apologize to him for not getting to this sooner. Uh, he sent it whenever things started kind of going south during the summer, so bad timing on, well, just bad timing on my part, really, more than anything, but, you know, anyways, very happy to have narrated this, very happy to have gotten it out there. Hopefully, Paul appreciates and enjoys it. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed it. I liked the idea. Definitely an interesting story. Quite a, Quite unexpected, to be honest with you. I wasn't sure where it was going at first, but, uh, mimics. Hell yeah. Well, sort of mimics. You get my point. They're, it's like a mimicry kind of creature. Anyway, um, yeah, if you enjoyed it, uh, please do hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you want to support more, you can go to patreon.com slash dreams or click the join button down below where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get early access to content like this or more, depending on which tier you choose. All that said, my friends, I hope that you all have a beautiful day, and I hope I will see you on the next video. But of course, my lovely listeners, until then, sleep well.